What's up everybody, Casey Putney here and welcome to episode 8 of the Leadership for Life podcast. I am so happy to be here with you and I hope that things are going well for you. On this episode, we're continuing our look at attitude and how it affects different parts of our life. Our last episode was the first step in this series on attitude. And in it, we examined how attitude affects leadership or our ability to lead a team. We talked about how contagious attitude truly is. The only thing more contagious than a good attitude is a bad one. I think the major takeaway from episode 7 was the examination of the five truths about the effects of attitude on teamwork and a leader's team. Now, it's time to turn our attention to how attitude affects or impacts the individual. That's a bit different than how it affects the team, right? With the team, we, we understand that attitude's contagious. And if the person with leadership influence has a bad attitude, they can infect others on the team. Before you know it, the bad attitude is spread and impacts everything related to the team. It impacts their work ethic, their relationships, their trust with one another. Obviously, attitude impacts the team. You can assemble great talent, but if the attitude of the team is bad, they'll never reach their potential. But what of the individual? How does attitude impact the potential of the individual? Let's let's start this look at attitude by asking the simple question. What is attitude? How do you put your finger on it? John Maxwell says, attitude is an inward feeling expressed by behavior. I like that definition. I think that's why we can see attitude without hearing a word. Hey, parents, back me up on this now. We've all seen our kids start to pout or sulk. We've seen it when they get the look of determination or severe importance. Their attitude, our children's attitude, is oftentimes definable without them ever speaking a word. Now, I called out to the parents, but I could just as easily make the call to married folks. They could have quickly called to mind how their spouses demonstrate their attitude without ever saying a word. Likewise, I could ask the leaders at work, can't you often determine how someone is feeling about a project, goal, or idea based on how they demonstrate their attitude without ever saying a word? Oh, now, now don't get ahead of yourself, leaders. Do you, do you not think the folks you supervise can tell exactly how you're feeling inside based on how you behave? We all demonstrate our attitude through our actions. Of all the things we wear, our expression is the most important. Oh, sometimes we can mask our attitude and demonstrate an outwardly appearance that hides how we truly feel. But usually, the cover-ups will fade. The, the attitude eventually pushes itself through, showing itself in our actions. So that's attitude, okay? It's an inward feeling that expresses itself 
in behavior. And our attitude oftentimes determines our success or failure. In his book, Attitude 101, John Maxwell tells a story of him leading a discussion on attitude at a conference in South Carolina. He writes, I tried the following experience with the audience. I asked them, what word describes what will determine our happiness, acceptance, peace, and success? The audience began to express words such as job, education, money, and time. Finally, someone said attitude. Such an important area of their lives was a second thought. Friends, don't let attitude be a second thought for you. Our attitude is the primary force that will determine if we succeed or fail. Our attitude is the primary force that will determine if we succeed or fail. For some folks, attitude presents a difficulty or challenge in every opportunity. For others, it presents an opportunity in every challenge. Some climb because of their attitude and others fall. Quite simply, attitude makes some while breaking others. I can't say it any clearer. I want to share with you now five principles of attitude that give us a firm and clear understanding of how attitude impacts our potential. I think if we can walk away from this episode with that understanding, we can move one step closer to success. Okay? Sound good? All right, number one. Our attitude determines our approach to life. Our attitude determines our approach to life. Our attitude tells us what we expect from life. I worked on and around airplanes for a little over 20 years while serving in the military. And I can tell you, if the plane's nose is pointing up, it's taking off. If it's pointing down, it's coming down. Our attitudes are a lot like that. What does your view of life show us about your trajectory? Are you taking off or are you in a state of constant descent? Our attitude towards life and our actions in life help to determine what happens to us. And that's not up to anyone else. We have the control. I think it's time a lot of us accept that. It's time that we acknowledge our responsibility in charting the course of our own lives. And it starts with our view of life, our attitude. We're individually responsible for our view of life. We're individually responsible. I spent a good portion of my life with a negative view, with a bad attitude. I grew up poor. I experienced all the things that often come with living in government housing and trailer parks. Certainly, there was violence. That's normally where everyone goes first. Yes, there was violence, but there was so much more than that. There was living with mice and roaches, but there was more than that. There was wearing homemade clothes and enduring the teasing that comes along with them, but there was more than that. There was growing up without a father around, but there was something, something more than that even. All of those things had an impact on me. All of those things helped to create my view of life, certainly. But there was something else. 
something else that stayed with me well past adolescence, something that stayed with me well past my teenage years, something even that threatened any success I might experience as an adult. Growing up in poverty, I was constantly surrounded by people that were familiar with loss, people that had abandoned hope, people that had abandoned hope. They'd killed their dreams. They'd accepted as a truth that whatever bad could happen would certainly happen to them. I adopted that belief. With every challenge I endured, with, with every setback I experienced, with every meal that was missed, with every friendship that was lost, I sunk deeper and deeper into the belief that whatever bad could happen would certainly happen to me. Oh, I got so angry at people that would succeed. Why do they get all the breaks? Why do they always get to win? See, I, I saw a problem in every opportunity. Every time I lost, I didn't look inward and ask what I could have done differently. Instead, I blamed the loss on everything except me. My attitude was one of failure. Every endeavor I got involved in, I expected it to fail. Every relationship I got involved in, I expected it to fail. Not until I reached a level of awareness about the power of my attitude did I start to experience true success. The type of success I truly deserve. The type of success that was actually available to me the entire time. But it always remained hidden from me. Because of the veil of negativity my broken attitude held over my life and potential. Because of my attitude, I approached life as a loser and I lost. Now, I try to approach life as a conqueror. And amazing things are happening. Now, don't get me wrong. Challenges still take my breath away at times. I still react less than ideal at times. But give me some time to think. Give me some time to consider the challenge. Then watch what happens. The challenge will fall. Our attitude determines our approach to life. Number two. Our attitude determines our relationships with people. So much of our life is impacted by relationships. You, you simply cannot succeed and reach your true potential without others. Still, some people are, are really hard to get along with. That's why Teddy Roosevelt said the most important single ingredient to the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. And John D. Rockefeller said, I will pay more for the ability to deal with people than any other ability under the sun. When I was living my life with a negative attitude, how many positive people do you think were drawn to me? How many successful people wanted to be around me? People I could learn from, people that could teach me, that could help me, that could mentor me. Not many, right? The only people that wanted to get close to me were the people that saw the world the same 
as me? And what kind of relationships did we develop? Do you, do you think they were selfless? Were they caring and supportive? See, when we approach life with a negative attitude, our life is cemented in a focus of self-centeredness. We're always asking, why us? We aren't thinking about others. We're always thinking about ourselves. So what's the one ingredient then to successful, healthy, productive relationships? You guessed it. Putting others first. When the attitude we possess places others first and we see people as important, then we begin to empathize with others. We begin to feel joy at their success and determination in times of challenge. We see the world through the eyes of others. That's what leaders do. And that all begins with attitude. In turn, we attract people that see the world the same way we do. How are your relationships? Are they built on respect and empathy? Our relationships are a product of our attitude. Our relationships are a product of our attitude. All right. The third principle of attitude that we need to look at and understand. Number three. Often our attitude is the only difference between success and failure. In many cases, there exists only a slight edge between the person that excels and the many others that don't. It would be convenient for us to define that slight edge as talent, or maybe as they were born with all the right connections. Maybe the slight edge is the fact that they got all the lucky breaks. But none of that would be true. And to convince ourselves otherwise only serves to keep us trapped in a habit of negative thinking. The truth is that many times the slight difference is attitude. Attitude separates those that excel from those that don't. Certainly, aptitude is important. Talent has its place. But attitude. Attitude allows a talented person to reach a whole new level of success. Assemble a group of talented people. Pick the skill. It doesn't matter. I believe what you'll find is that there's little difference in people, but that little difference makes a big difference. That little difference is attitude. A negative attitude urges us to quit. It urges us to give up in times of challenge. It whispers in our ear, see, I told you. I told you that you'd never win. A negative attitude often, oftentimes keeps us from even trying. It convinces us that the choice has already been made. The verdict has already gone against us. In turn, we never engage. We never engage in the pursuit of our truest potential. We lay down our sword. We hang our head and live the entirety of our lives finding obstacles in every opportunity. Those with a positive attitude see things differently. Instead of living a life asking, why me? They ask, why not me? They live lives parables are made of. They, they run towards the fire instead of away from it. 
They see opportunity in every challenge. An opportunity to win. An opportunity to do what others thought impossible. History is rich with people that saw opportunity within the challenge. These people created medicines that have healed the millions. They created policies that freed the masses. They fought for justice, peace, and equality. But not only that. They've helped their neighbors. They've taught our children. They've served our country. They exist today in every walk of life. It'd be easy to hear and internalize the song that so many sing. A song of sorrow. A song that says our youth are hopeless. A song that says our world is in turmoil. A, a song that sees an obstacle in every opportunity. But I think we're smarter than that. I think we're better than that. As I record this episode, our world is in the middle of the COVID-19 experience. Businesses have closed. Countries have been quarantined. Lives have been lost. I see people standing in line for food. I see people filing for unemployment. People that never thought they'd find themselves in that situation. For myself, I sit in my home, having been furloughed without pay from my job for the foreseeable future. Can I share with you? I refuse to see defeat. I refuse to focus on the obstacle. I see an opportunity. I see an opportunity for us to show our true nature, for us to help and assist. I see the evidence. I see the evidence that there does indeed exist an army of people and companies around the world that choose a positive attitude. These businesses and these people have started creating masks for our medical personnel. They've started shipping food to food banks. They've started providing free meals to people in need. They've posted jokes and fun challenges on social media. Never before have I seen social media so widely used for what its truest potential is, to bring us closer together. Even now, in the midst of a virus that has spread across our world like never before, people are choosing their attitude. And make no mistake about it, attitude will determine our success and failure. Okay, are you ready for number four? Again, we're looking at five principles of attitude that move us towards or away from our potential. Number one was our attitude determines our approach to life. Number two was our attitude determines our relationships with people. And number three was our attitude is the only difference between success and failure. Number four. Our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. Our attitude at the beginning of a task will affect its outcome more than anything else. I believe that the right attitude in the beginning ensures success at the end. I think most projects succeed or fail before they begin. 
In episode 7, I told the story of Chad. As we discussed attitude and its effects on leadership, for those that didn't listen to episode 7, I'd urge you to do so. Chad was a co-worker of mine for a short time. I'd been brought into an organization to help create a change in culture. The culture was bad and the turnover was high. There wasn't trust in leadership and leadership seemingly had no trust in the people inside the organization. Chad was a mid-level manager and had immense influence. He was a long-term employee and had a wealth of knowledge, but Chad had a bad attitude. And his attitude spread to other leaders within the organization. His, his bad habits spread. His bullying spread. I knew at the time I was walking into a challenge from the day I stepped into the organization. When I first showed up, I had a meeting with the senior leader that had talked to me about helping to change the culture. We talked for close to an hour and a half about what the culture looked like and, and what might happen in the future. We began crafting that day a vision for what we wanted to see. And we made a commitment to one another, a commitment to support one another with absolute transparency. We knew there'd be tough days ahead. We, we knew there were going to be challenges. And quite honestly, at that moment, we were the only two people in the organization that were actively trying to change things. Tough days certainly came. On multiple days, I'd walk into his office and tell him I couldn't do it any longer. I'd be so frustrated and defeated with the negativity, the uphill climb that existed. Every time, he'd remind me of that first meeting. He'd remind me of our vision. He'd offer support and give encouragement. One day, he, he had called in several of us mid-level managers and wanted to hear from us how things were going and what needed to be done. Most everyone gave the same answers you would expect. We can't do anything without the support of the big bosses. We're, we're working too many hours. We need more people. I knew none of that was the issue. We had a leadership issue for sure. But it was within our own level. I'd recognize pretty quickly Chad's influence in the organization. I'd also recognized how destructive he was. I tried to work with him. I asked to be put on schedule with him. I thought if we can get him turned around, we can really create something Amazing. But Chad wasn't interested. Chad had built a kingdom, a kingdom where he got away with virtually everything he wanted. I didn't speak up initially in our meeting. When it had ended, my senior manager asked me to stay behind. You didn't say much, he said to me. He reminded me again of our first meeting, of our vision and of our commitment to one another. So I told him what I thought needed to be done. Chad needed to go. His negativity, his bullying, his total disregard for creating something better needed to go away. We keep telling everyone we want to create something different here, but we don't do anything to prove it, I said to him. If Chad goes, it sends a clear message 
that no longer will that type of behavior be tolerated. His response was, I don't know if the bosses will go for that. It was my turn now. I reminded him of our first meeting, of our vision, and our commitment to one another. I went home that night feeling conflicted. I'd never been in this type of leadership situation before. Never before had I reached a conclusion that someone needed to be let go. My leadership model up until that point was to work it out with everyone, to find a way to reach everyone. And I felt a bit like a failure that I couldn't reach Chad. That was the first time. I realized that you can't lead those that don't want to be led. Chad's attitude was keeping him from his potential. The next day, when I arrived at work, Chad was gone. The very next day. My senior leader shared the news with me as I walked in the door. Now, go create that vision, he said to me. And we did indeed do that. We, we created something very special. But we couldn't have gotten there if we hadn't had the right attitude in the very beginning. We wouldn't have been able to get through the tough days without our commitment to one another. A commitment made on the first day. I don't believe we would have prevailed. Okay. Time for number five. Our attitude can turn our problems into blessings. Our attitude can turn our problems into blessings. When faced with a difficult situation, a person with a good attitude makes the best out of it, while enduring the worst of it. That's what leaders do. That's what I, I had to do during my time with the culture challenge in the organization I shared with Chad. And it's what we all face today in the midst of the COVID-19 challenge. Great leaders emerge when crises occur. In the lives of people that achieve, we read repeatedly of terrible troubles that force them to rise above the commonplace. Not only do they find answers, but they also discover a tremendous power within themselves. I think many people want to be leaders, but many people shy away from the challenge. Leaders aren't educated and developed in the schools of peace and grace. Instead, they're forged in the fires of challenge and turmoil. Make no mistake, leaders are not born. They become. They become by running towards the challenge. They become. By having the tough conversations, they become by adopting a positive attitude. They become by searching out ways to help others. They become by sharing unlimited kindness. Folks, we need you. We need you to lead. Leadership can be scary. It goes against the kind of life that we're programmed to want. A life with less stress. A life of ease. A life of simplicity. Many of us go through life tiptoeing around, trying to avoid any and every challenge until we can finally make it to the grave. I know because I've lived a life like that. And I missed the opportunity 
to help people that I could have helped. Leaders, are you there? Don't become blinded in your chase for security and safety. Don't run from the turmoil. For inside of the challenge, inside of the turmoil, is someone in need, someone in fear, someone in search of a leader, in search of you. And it's your attitude that can serve as a light in their time of darkness. It's your attitude that can turn problems into blessings. That's the teaching for this episode, my friends. That's the episode of how attitude affects the individual. I hope you found value in it. In our next episode, we'll continue our exploration of attitude and discuss how a person's attitude is shaped. Until then, please know I I wish nothing but the best for you. Thanks for listening. Good luck out there. And remember, I'm here to help.